and welcome into another episode of the Outsider Sports Hockey Podcast. Conference final series are well underway, and I can guarantee not one of the three of us, myself, Ben Mandel, with Tom Leone and Mike Dykunzak, none of us saw both of these series being three games to none after three games. But here we are. Initial reactions before we really jump in. Tom, we're going to you first. What are your thoughts on how these conference final series have been playing out? And why is it that both of these series are three games to none? I think we both know where I'm going with this. It's because the playoff format sucks. These, this, this, these, both of these series probably should have been a round two matchup when you look at the teams and how they mat and how they match up. I, I, I had a feeling that after watching the first uh, couple games of, well, the first game really of Dallas, um, Vegas, and I think I said it on last week's pod, I, I thought Vegas was going to close it out in five. I'm more surprised that Carolina hasn't been able to make it a series. And you know what? Actually, I'll rephrase that. I'm surprised that Sergey Bobrovsky has been this good and has pretty much prevented Carolina from making this a series. I think this is one of the best goalie runs um, we've seen over the last couple of years from uh, from uh, from the cat over there in Florida. And I'm going to say that he's the main reason why Florida is up 3-0. I think Carolina's played a decent game. They just haven't been able to score, and it's because of him. And um, the Vegas-Dallas series, I just think that Dallas, it was a great season for them. They have guys I would love to see win a cup, Domi, Pavelski, Robertson, Hintz. They're a very likable team, but I think they might have just ran into their their – they ran. They got to the end of their road, basically. I think that them losing in the conference final is about as much as you could ask for for them. Vegas is clearly the better team. They're showing that. They're dominating. Their defense is just too much uh, for Dallas. And 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 yeah, I think that's like my overall thoughts on the series. I just think Vegas is a way better team than Dallas. And the playoff format leads to this type of matchup in the conference finals. And on the east side, I just think that it's all on Bobrovsky. You just got to give him props because he's single handedly keeping Florida not necessarily in games, but just preventing the, you know, the doomsday, you know, letting in softies and letting a bunch of goals. And when Carolina, you know, puts their foot on the pedal, he's just standing on his head. Yeah. And, you know, with Dallas, it does feel like they've kind of reached their peak. It felt, it felt like that really yesterday in game three, the way they got their doors blown off. But when you look at Carolina, it's not like they didn't have to play a good goaltender in round one. I know round two, the Devils goaltending has been talked about and heavily criticized in that series. But, you know, Bobrovsky, yeah, he's been great. This Florida team in general, it's just starting to feel like a team of destiny. And there's just nothing you can do to get out of their way, really, or yeah, to I agree prevent them from going forward. That's just yeah. what Florida feels like right now. And I kept saying, and eh, not like the 2012 LA Kings. This feels like the 2012 LA Kings. I kept saying it was more like that Devils team that didn't win the cup. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Florida's going to be stopped at this point. But, you know, I think when you look at Dallas Vegas, P.K. Subban said last night, on the broadcast during one of the intermissions that he's not, he's more just disappointed in how soft Dallas has been. There's been no fight, no physicality uh, in the, the times they have gotten physical. It's been Jamie Ben cross-checking Mark Stone in the face after he's already on the ground. He not only got a game misconduct there just a minute and a half into the game, but now he's going to sit out games 
uh, four and five if they can get it to game five. So it's just been stupid penalties. I know Dallas had a lot of fight in Vegas, but I thought Vegas outplayed them. They've been very much, I thought Vegas maybe was a little too passive and that's why Dallas was able to get back into those games. But really, I think Vegas has just been worlds better. Now, Mikey D, we got to get to you because what are your thoughts on these series? I know you you talked about it last week about how, you know, you like Dallas, but you just don't see it happening. You were pretty much spot on with this series, but is this really how you saw it going? Honestly, no. Uh, and I'm just going to relay back to like what Tom is saying, because, you know, I mean, we did talk about before the pod too. I mean, it is basically the playoff format and it is all about matchups, right? You know, it's about playing, about playing who at, at what time and the right time for what team and et cetera. Um, and, and that's kind of what's going on here in this Dallas and, and Vegas series. I feel like with Dallas, as much as they are a complete team, which I've said all year, I mean, I know they were going to be good. I knew they were going to make a run, um, but, you know, they were they were going to run into a fault, right? If that was going to be Vegas or if it was going to be Edmonton. After that Vegas and Edmonton series, I mean, it kind of just showed you how dominant Vegas was, you know, the way that they handled the talent over at Edmonton. And then also, if you look at the Dallas series, which they had with Seattle, it kind of feels like they had to flex their muscle a little too hard just to get past that team with no experience, um, brand new, new franchise team, obviously. Um, it just seemed like it was a little more difficult than it should be. I'm giving my props to Seattle, but at the same time, as good as the team as Dallas was, they kind of had to go in an extra mile to get past them while Vegas is just crucial. I guess as good as a team as Edmonton was. So it is, I mean, it is shocking to me because of how, how complete I've said, uh, you know, that Dallas is with goaltending all around star power. Uh, but at the same time, this Vegas team is just a different notch. And then if I'm just going to talk about the other side of things in the East, I mean, we talked about it all, all, all year round before the playoffs started, which we knew that the match was going to be Rangers and Devils in the first round. We knew that should be a second or a third round series, right? But this playoff format, you know, ruined that. Um, and then, you know, uh, when it comes to the Devils, they just had a little more speed than the Rangers. That's why they got past them. And then they met their, they met their speed against Carolina, but they obviously the Devils didn't have the goaltending to compete with Carolina. And now, you know, now they're now Carolina is facing the goaltending problem on their end. It's it's kind of just all playoffs and and um and, and matchups that you know that is throwing all these teams off that were shocked to, of why we're seeing uh, you know blowout series in these conference finals. And you can blame the playoff format, but you know, mostly it's just about you know playing the right team at the right time or playing the wrong team at the right time. And that's what's happening in both of these series. Yeah, definitely. And they they were mentioning they were really harping on it actually on the broadcast last night about how these four remaining teams are four teams that are not that speed running gun type franchise. I mean, you look at a team like Florida, who was that last year and won the President's Trophy. They move off it and go to Paul Maurice. And now all of a sudden that style is working. So maybe you wonder, is it the style? Can you win with that run and gun transition type game? And, you know, Paul Maurice was talking about how you, you don't have as many transition chances in the playoffs. That's why that style doesn't necessarily work. So that I thought was interesting. But, you know, you guys do talk about the playoff format. And, yes, the way the playoff format works, you get a lot of these matchups you want to see in the first round. But it comes at the expense of the later rounds. Because now when you have a series like Dallas and Vegas – Dallas doesn't have that fresh energy that they would have had in round one. Instead, now they're beaten and worn down from two long series with Minnesota and then Seattle. Vegas, on the other hand, there are a couple of just walkthrough series. And I mean, yeah, Winnipeg was Winnipeg, but Edmonton, a lot of people viewed as the best team in the West. So including myself. So 
you know, the format, it really does hurt the later rounds. That's what it's coming down to. The players have voiced their opinions. Fans have voiced their opinions. And while I know Gary Bettman has gotten a lot of hate in the past, I like the way he's grown the game. This is one of the few misses, in my opinion, from Gary Bettman. And it's, I mean, the playoff format, there needs to be some kind of correction. I don't understand what was wrong with the old one, to be honest. I know there was a division realignment, but it didn't have to change this much. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And, and a big thing too, where I, what I kind of miss growing up, I get the need and the want for, listen, it, it's clear what Bateman wanted to do with the division realignment in these playoffs. You wanted Boston, Toronto right off the bat in the playoffs. You wanted Rangers, Devils, or Rangers, Islanders. You wanted Edmonton, you know, you wanted Canadian matchups. You wanted your big rivalries um, to just happen right away and get the playoffs going. And then maybe, because you know naturally a second round and, and a conference final is going to get them enough national attention and enough viewers where you don't need to necessarily hope for a matchup. But, but I miss the... Devils and Rangers and the Islanders and Rangers playing eight times in a season. And then, you know, one through eight. Yeah, sure. You might get them in the first round. You might get them in the second round. You might get them in the Easter conference final. But to me, it was even more of a gauntlet. It was even more memorable to me. If like going six and two against the Islanders or seven and one against the devils and then meeting them in the playoffs or the opposite way around. Like to me, that was better hockey and that was more meaningful. And that's when I would, would love to say it's the hardest cup. It's the hardest trophy to win in sports. I still think it is, but it gets to me now. It gets easier down the line because you're you're playing your tougher matchups earlier in the playoffs, and it, I, I don't think that's going to change unless they go back to one eight. Yeah, and you know there there's nothing wrong with one eight, and you know why everyone, including the players, want to go back to the one eight because that's how you get true seeding. I mean, in reality, there shouldn't be that much of a difference in the seeding between what they have now and one eight. But there is, because usually one division is significantly weaker than the other. If you're going to have all... I understand this playoff format. If you had the old schedule format where you're playing your division pretty much exclusively, because then you play out your division. But if you're going to spread the games out the way you do, then the playoff parity, the playoff seating should be in the same bracket as well, not bracketing off each division. Mike... Like where where do you want to see the playoff format go right now? I just I think I'd say I would definitely want it back to what it used to, like what Tom's saying, the one eight. I just think that, you know, that kind of just gives you the true test and it also gives the teams, you know, what they earn. You know what I'm saying? Like if you if you put the work in the regular season and you earn that seed to play the, the worst seed in the playoffs to begin, that's what it should be. You know, it's how it is in every other professional sport. Um, you know, that's it is how it should continue here um in, in this sport. And I and I, I get what they were trying to do this year. Like I know you said there was a realignment in the divisions and all that stuff. And you know, it kind of made sense to an aspect, but I just feel like it's just a significant change and we're seeing it now. Um and it, especially in this playoffs that you know the later matchup are not as entertaining it's not as good as games because all these teams are worn out um, from playing their best matchups and their best games in the earlier series against better teams and that's just what it is so I would definitely just want to go back to what we were seeing a couple years back I just think it's how it should be it's how it is in every other sport we should continue it here couldn't agree more couldn't agree more now before we dive into these playoff series they did announce stadium series for next year guys we're all involved again 
We have four teams instead of just the three New York, uh, New Jersey teams. Philadelphia joins the group. MetLife Stadium, the Rangers and Islanders, and the Devils and Flyers will play consecutive days. Mike, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts on the stadium series and the Devils getting an outdoor game once mm. again? Are you happy about it? Are you? Could you care less? Do you not like the outdoor games? What are your thoughts? Of course I'm happy about it. I think, you know, these outdoor games are just kind of like, uh, you know, just like in the MOB, like with the, you know, with the Subway series and stuff like that. It just makes it a bigger deal than it actually is, right? Because this is just the normal matchups that we're seeing, right? We're seeing Devils versus the Flyers. But you know, I kind of like that matchup because I hate Philadelphia and everything they do in every aspect. So it makes me happy. I really want to go to this game. I'd love to see it in an outdoor setting um, in a stadium. And obviously it gets a team that I hate the most in the city I hate the most. So I'm entertained. I'm in. And when it comes to the Rangers Islanders, you can't you can't ask for a, a better matchup there. You know that is just uh, you know it, you know I know how much Tom hates the Islanders, so why would he not want to go in an awesome setting in a stadium outdoors and watch his team beat the team that he hates the most too? Um, I just think it makes it in general these outdoor games they're always entertaining. I know just for this past year, um, it was Boston and Carolina, correct? I think that's who it was. You know, I went to New York City, I went to the bar, you know, just to go watch the game specifically. Big crowds is all around, and this, these people weren't even really fans of either Boston or Carolina. They just Want to, oh no, it wasn't Boston Carolina, it was Boston Pittsburgh. My my apologies. But nobody was even really fans of either of these teams. They just knew it was a big deal. And it kind of brings the NHL and their platform to a bigger level when they have a big scenery in games like this. I wish that it was those games out in I think it was like Lake Tahoe. That was gorgeous. Yeah, that was that, awesome. Except the those, sun. Remember that game started like yeah, four they hours the, late because the sun glare? I think they delayed it like eight hours. It was something crazy where they like played the first period and then they had to delay it. They said it was like the longest intermission in history. But Tom, over to you though on this and you know the Rangers getting the Islanders. Uh before you jump in, Mike, where does Tom sit in this game cuz we know where he's going to be. What section in MetLife does Tom get tickets? <laughs> Tom is going to be literally at the front of the ice. It? Does he, does he have his jet seats? Does he does he try to get his jet seats? Like, Honestly, for a hockey game, the jet seats up there in 348 might not actually be bad. I, went, I had the joy to go to the stadium series in 2014 against the uh, Devils, and we were sitting in the 200 section. It was perfect, and all the people in the 100s had to stand the whole game because you couldn't. And then I went to the Winter Classic against Buffalo, which was the coldest game I've ever been to. It was like negative degrees outside. And I was in the 100s and I barely could see. So the upper levels aren't bad. That's a good idea, Ben. I should try to get my... Uh, yeah, try Tom, to get your Tom, Tom, will be in a, Tom will be in a suite with unlimited beer, food, snacks, and et cetera. <laughs> Courtesy hey, of Supply One. I'll plug the company. Supply One. Hey, uh, who knows? Who knows? Maybe maybe we get some outsider sports credentials in there. But, yeah, you know... That'd be cool. Tom, uh, your thoughts, though, on this uh, stadium series, you know, the Rangers, oh. they've had their share of outdoor games. So, you know what it's like, you know, the experience, how different is it and how much more exciting is it as a fan to be playing not only on the national stage, but outdoors on the national stage? It's really cool because the whole season, honestly, it'll probably be mid-year, so you kind of have something to look forward to. It kind of gets you into the hockey season early, right? The team will drop a jersey or drop a leak on like and drop different gear. They'll definitely be wearing a different special stadium series jersey. And um, I kind of wish they did what they did with the stadium series back in 2014, um, where like they kind of had everybody play each other. I don't know if the, the Devils and Islanders played each other in that three like three game thing, right? 
it was Rangers Devils and Devil Rangers Islanders. Yeah, and it, Islanders was, uh, Devils, De- it right? was I believe it was just Devils Rangers and Rangers Islanders. The Rangers okay. were the whole. Uh, the Devils and Islanders were the home teams for both yes. of those games. Yeah, technically, but the Rangers had two. They each had one. Gotcha. And okay, I believe yeah. the Rangers were upset about that because the quality of the ice was not good, from what I heard. Yes. Yeah. No. It wasn't. And, um. But I, I just think it's cool, and and it, it really gets you into the hockey season early because you know, like, oh wow, the stadium series, the stadium series, and I think it gives like the players a little extra jolt too. They know they're going to be playing in a big game in a big stage, national media begin uh you know middle of the year they're going to want to make sure they come out you know firing on all cylinders so they have a good record going into that game what i found most interesting though i mean it's kind of i think it's immense my point that i always say that the nhl views rangers islanders as a bigger rivalry than rangers devils although both are pretty big but i think the nhl is going to try i think they they have faith in the flyers and their new management and that the flyers are going to go in the right direction i think they're going to try to revitalize devils flyers uh, back in the '90s, that big rivalry, and try to get that, and you know, that turnpike rivalry going again. And I think that was very, that was a telling sign to me that they decided to go that matchup when it could have been totally okay to go Rangers Devils after they just played each other in the playoffs and won seven games. I think that was telling to me they want the Flyers and the Devils, they want that rivalry to get rejuvenated, and then you know you go back to your staple and Rangers Islanders. I mean, it's exciting, and I'm I'm so pumped for this, and it gives me something to look forward to right when the season starts and. Should be fun. It is interesting that they didn't put Devils Rangers in there, but I'm actually going to tell you why I think they did this. The Islanders and Rangers, yeah, the Islanders may be a playoff team next year, but you expect the Devils and Rangers to be back in the playoffs. And with the playoff format, they will likely meet in the first round of the playoffs again. Good point. Good point. So you have the Flyers and Islanders, you involve two more markets that – you know, Islanders versus Flyers, that wouldn't have been as good of a matchup. Rangers-Flyers, there's not as much hatred as Islanders-Rangers, obviously. I mean, that's just the obvious choice. And the Devils, you can argue there's more hatred between the Devils and Flyers than there is between the Devils and Islanders. I would say that as a fan. The Turnpike rivalry is real. Now, the Flyers aren't very good. They're not going to be a playoff team next year. The Islanders, I don't think they will be either. I think some of these other teams will dethrone them out of the wild card. But, you know, they're, I think that's what went into play here with a lot of these matchups and the decision-making there. But let's get back to playoff hockey here because we do have these series going on. I know we gave our thoughts kind of on what's been going on, but – Let's start in the East. This game four, it is about to get underway in about a half hour from when we are recording right now. So by the time this does drop, this game this game will be over and the Carolina Hurricanes very well could be eliminated. But just for argument's sake, let's say Carolina does come out and win this game. Guys, what does Carolina have to do and how do you beat Florida four times in a row the way Florida's been playing? I mean, the way it is, it is obviously just to, you know, to stop the flame. You know, obviously the Panthers right now are so hot. They are literally the team to beat. I said it multiple times over the last weeks. We've all can agree, right? This is the 2012 LA Kings, you know, reincarnated. These, this team is literally just like that. They're physical. They're fly around. They just can't be beat right now. Um, and, uh, and, and you know what the Carolina has to do is, is like 
they have to play their game because of what they've been doing the last three games isn't wrong. It isn't the it isn't like they're beating themselves. They are literally playing the best they can, and they just can't find a way to get a pass uh, a goal past their goaltender right now. And that's literally what it is. They need to get their shots in. They need to pay, they need to create better chances, and they need to find a way to be more or as physical as this Florida team. Uh, because you know if Florida gets the upper hand in that level, they're going to dominate every single time, ten times out of ten. So um, you know if Carolina does find a way to win this game. Um, I mean, is the momentum going to shift a little bit? Yeah, because we know how good Carolina is at home ice. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it all starts with getting it done tonight. So, I um, mean, they got to get some goals against, uh, you know, uh, across Bobby. I'm going to call him Bobby because I can't pronounce his name. So, <laughs> look, Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky, he's been great and everything. And, you know, you're right about like Carolina has been, it, it's not like Carolina has been playing atrocious hockey, they haven't been playing their best. And look, this is where we thought this is what was going to happen, honestly, in the Islander series, or at least I did. I thought their scoring just was going to catch up to them, the lack of scoring. I mean, in Carolina, you saw it last game. You see the frustration for them. They can't score right now. Is it just Bobrovsky, or is it the fact that Carolina doesn't have the scoring depth? I think it could be a little bit of both in this series. I think, you know, Bobrovsky didn't look unbeatable against Boston or Toronto. He had his moments. But, you know, Tom, how do you see Carolina getting back into this series? Because like Mike said, it's not like they've been playing bad. It's not like they could say, oh, well, we just need to play better. It's not a simple fix. I think they just need to throw just pucks on that. Just keep throwing them at net. I mean, they hit three posts game three. I think to both of your points, they just got to play their game, right? Don't get away from that. It's nothing they're not doing. I think they just haven't gotten the puck luck. And I think they just got to throw as many pucks in net, getting Muddy up there, getting his face, getting in Bobrovsky's face, getting the blue paint, make things, you know, messy in there. And the beauty of not, nobody, no team wants to go down 3 0, just straight up. But the, the good thing, if there is a good thing about going down 3 0 as the, the team with home ice, is the fact that if you do get game four, you do go back home for game five and can make things extremely interesting. It's a lot, I think it's a lot harder the opposite way around. You know, if Carolina was home tonight and got the win than having to go on the road. So they could make things interesting. They get one tonight, you know, they go back home to Carolina and they could could get back to a game six. I think the chances of them, you know, doing that are slim to none. But yeah, I just say stick to their game, pucks on net, get in front of Bobrovsky, a lot of screenshots, you know they should have a bunch of shot attempts on goal, even if it's not grade A chances, right? Don't look for that extra pass. Just just put it on net. Look for rebounds, put it on net. That's that that's how I would want the Canes to handle it if I was a fan. Just please, any open opportunity, just put the puck on net. It's what you have to do, really. I mean, when you're playing a hot goaltender, he's someone who's positionally sound. You have to get him out of position. You need to throw pucks on net. You need to get rebounds. You need to muck it up. That's what Carolina's best at. I wouldn't be surprised if they win game four, just because again, all three of these games have been close games. It's not like they've been outplayed. I thought, you know, Florida outplayed them in game three, but really I thought Carolina was the better team for the first half of games one and two. And then Florida turned it on in the second half. I think Carolina was trying to adjust to it in game three, fell behind in the second period and couldn't fight back. It'll be interesting to see if they're able to do it again. Uh, we do apologize because this could be a moot point by uh, tomorrow morning when this episode does release, but we'll shift out West because this one will be getting underway tonight. 
uh, when this episode does air. Vegas and Dallas game four in Dallas. Jamie Benn is going to be suspended. He will be suspended for game five if that happens as well. Uh, You know, what exactly can Dallas do if they're going to get back into this series? Because I don't know if there's an answer because, I mean, Vegas just doesn't let you do anything. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to go with the same point that I did with Carolina saying pucks on net. I don't have much to say here because I don't think there's a shot. I don't think there is any shot that Dallas will come back in this. Their captain, dirty play, got suspended two games. They won't have him on the ice. They have veterans like Pavelski and Domi and things like that. Ottinger has been a little off his game. I think to Mike's point earlier, they had a tough series against Seattle. should have been a telling if they had aspirations to get to the cup, they probably should have handled Seattle a lot earlier in that series. But, you know, I don't want to totally discredit Seattle, like Mike said. But, yeah, I don't have much to say. I can't I don't even I can't even formulate an answer on how I think Dallas could come back because they're not getting depth scoring. Their top line's not scoring, just getting completely shut down. And they don't even look like they belong on the same ice, at least the last game they didn't. So, yeah, looking very bleak. And to my point earlier about the Carolina series, they're the home team right now. They don't have home ice. So even if they won game four, right, made it 3-1, they got to go back to Vegas and, and and face those fans in that raucous atmosphere and, and, and a place where Vegas has just been dynamite in the playoffs through their existence. The, um yeah, no, thank you. I, I I don't even know, Ben, to be honest. And Mike, I don't know how Dallas gets back into it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on that question. I'm not gonna give you the the definite answer because I don't think there is one. I I agree with you. I just don't see the light for Dallas at this point. And it's upsetting because, you know, it felt like, yeah, you know, the series shifts back home. Maybe things will lighten up. Maybe Dallas will be able to get it done. And I mean, just right from the get-go, it was Vegas all over them. Yes, they score early. Ben takes the five-minute major. They get another one there. Ottinger gets chased. It just does not seem like anything's going right for the Dallas Stars. Mikey D, do you have the answer for Dallas? I, I don't. I don't. You know, just like my other favorite Dallas team that I have, you know, in the NFL, there's never an answer, right? No, I'm just joking. But I mean, the only thing here that I mean that I can make believe is if uh, Jake Ottinger turns into like uh, Layman or Wagner in NHL 23 when me and Tom are playing. Like, basically, that's the only way. That's literally the only <laughs> way. You like that, right? Like, seriously, because whenever we play those guys, they're just unbelievable. But um, yeah, unless unless Ottinger just becomes an absolute brick wall and then star power just meets star power and, and somehow, you know, they find a way to to outpower those stars on the other side of things. It's, it, I don't see anything happening or anything changing. Even if they do pull out a game four win, uh, they obviously have to go back to Vegas, as Tom was just saying. That was electric atmosphere. Um, you know, just the, the pregame sh- the pregame show as it is just makes you want to run through a brick wall. You know, if Vegas is playing as good in Dallas, um, they're gonna you know definitely you know, turn up a notch again just to get it done on their ho- on their home ice. So I really don't have an answer. I mean, it's all make believe. If I really did have an answer, as much as I love this Dallas team and all their star power, like you guys were saying before, I think their time uh, you know has has ran has run out. You know, they, they they got to where they were supposed to be, uh, but they just ran into the bigger opponent and the better opponent. Yeah, and look, the two highest teams or highest point totals in the West were Edmonton and Vegas. So that should have been the Western Conference final. 
like we were saying with the playoff format. Instead that, I mean, look, it's not like Edmonton ended up pushing Vegas that hard either. But, you know, from Dallas's standpoint, it just feels like too steep a hill to climb. They've mentioned it a few times. No team in the NHL has ever come back from down three games to none in a conference final overall in the entirety of the playoffs. If you have a 3-0 series lead, you win the series 98 point whatever percent of the time. So good luck, Carolina and Dallas, because it really just doesn't feel like they're going to be able, either of these teams are going to be able to do this. I mean, if you've made it this far, you're likely not losing four games in a row on the contrary to Carolina and Dallas being in that position. I will say prayer for both of those teams. I, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's case. It's a good playoffs. Can't, <laughs> can't wait for the Stanley cups because you know, these two series are absolutely over. Yes. Yeah. So on the bright side, Hey, maybe we can start looking forward to Dallas and Florida as two unstoppable forces colliding in the final. Cause I mean, Hey, the way these series are looking right now, this could be a phenomenal final and I will sacrifice the conference final round for a great final. I agree with that Vegas Florida would be a, has the potential to be an amazing Stanley Cup final. Yeah, it also could be horrible. I mean, it, Vegas, it could, could, Vegas could just, yes, Florida. Exactly. <laughs> I don't, Florida can't, that's the thing with Vegas. Who's also, you know, $11.2 million over the actual hard cap somehow, you know, just, you know, create a luxury tax at this point. But yes, to your point, Vegas can shut down Florida. I don't know if Florida can shut down Vegas, but Florida could definitely keep up with Vegas if that's the style that these games turn into. So, yeah. Exactly. And it, I think it, it really can be something special. But that is going to do it for us here on the Outsider Sports Hockey Podcast. We appreciate you all tuning in and jumping in with us as we talk hockey. We will most likely be talking about the Stanley Cup final and who will be in it on our next episode coming out again next Thursday. Make sure you take a look. Follow us on Twitter at OutsiderSports3. Check out our website at OutsiderSports.net. Find us on YouTube and TikTok by searching Outsider Sports. And as always, let's do that hockey.